everybody, what is up? Welcome back to the Jalartcast. Um, back at it again with another awesome episode and another awesome artist to boot. Um, someone who I have tried to chat with a couple of times, but obviously, again, conflicting schedules have intervened and we've ended up um, rescheduling a couple of times. But finally, um, I have got her on the podcast to chat about art and all things awesome with her life. Um, so if you guys want to give up or big up, for Lydia Zanoi. So what's up, Lydia? What's up? Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries, man. No worries. Um, yeah, we were just chatting up um, off here like for a couple of minutes before we started recording. But uh, yeah, uh, seems to say we just became best friends on air. So it was awesome. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, we did. There was a moment. There was a moment. Um, yeah, thanks again for coming on, man. It's, it's, it's really nice for you giving up your time, um, especially because I have been getting people kind of comment and an email me and asking um when are you gonna get some more female artists on the podcast and i was like dude i'm working on it i really i'm working on it so uh yeah i think you're a you're female artist number three so it's uh it's great to to have you on and have you talk about your career because uh because god damn we need some diversity in this podcast too oh, many guys yeah 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 thanks for having me yeah, yeah. We, we do have conflicting schedules and the time yeah. zones but yeah. Yeah, because uh, you were calling me Future Boy the other day because yeah, I'm like eight hours a- <laughs> eight hours ahead of you in, Future in Scotland. Boy. Future Boy, that's that's my new nickname, Future Boy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, so you're in LA, so um, and you're working currently for Riot Games uh, as an environment artist. Yeah, um, yeah. Which is which is your current, obviously, what you're doing just now. Um, but you have obviously a, a track record that goes back uh, a fair bit in other companies before you got to LA before you started working with Riot because that's obviously now kind of the, the well maybe not the peak of your career but definitely one of the high points um that you've had um over the last you know couple of years working yeah. in, in the industry um so way back to the start um because my you know a lot of people might know kind of your origins but so you went to school for 3D specifically in uh college university actually the, my my story is a little funny in that I didn't go to school for 3D. I um, I had an interesting background where I actually didn't even finish high school. I dropped out uh, after wow. 10th grade. And okay. uh, I ended up getting my GED and going to art school for drawing, painting. And I picked graphic design as my major. I was oh, doing shit. a lot of like typography and font design. And uh, I took a couple like Unreal and ZBrush classes at a university near my art school so that I could, because I was a little bit interested and they were teaching 3DS Max. And uh, so I learned a little bit of 3D there, a couple classes. And then from there, I just had to like teach myself 3D in my free time. Uh, I used like digital tutors, YouTube. YouTube taught me pretty much everything I know in in life. See, there's no excuse. There is absolutely no excuse when people are like, I can't learn 3D because I can't get any CGMA or I can't get any Gnomon. There is so many resources out there. I I tell people this all the time. Yeah. You know, because a lot of people will say to me like, oh yeah, I need need to go to Gnomon. Like I need to pay the money to go to that school in LA because, you know, you can't really learn 3D any other way. But um, there's resources out there. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Whenever I talk to students uh i teach some online classes do some mentorships and i always try to give like as many resources as i can like some insights how i learned uh there's a dude on youtube named aramis 3d that guy taught me so much shout out to that guy (laughs) aramis 3d yeah a-r-r-i-m-u-s he's he post a lot of videos and it's free so you can't complain about free education oh yeah i found him on youtube yeah oh wow yeah this guy's got a a nice library of stuff yeah wow yeah and he's still posting yeah his last post was like two days ago so yeah he's consistent so yeah good okay okay awesome that's what i've added that one to the subscribe list so that's a it's a perk <laughs> for me as well also thank you <laughs> yeah nice uh so, so then you were learning 3d as you were kind of college finishing your general kind of art degree or art or qualification um what kind of pushed you then into kind of 3d full-time did that come after you finished school 
Um, so I went to art school. I was doing the graphic design and teaching myself 3D in my free time a lot. And uh, I only went to art school for two years. Uh, and then I got my I got a few job offers. I just started applying around at the end of my sophomore year. Just started applying around, and um, I heard back from the people who make Tony Hawk, and then the people who make Saints Row. And of course, okay. I uh, I went for the Saints Row one um, because the other one was unpaid. So I ended up going for the for Volition, and that was my first game job. And I dropped out of art art school uh, because they ended up hiring me full time. And yeah, yeah, they don't need to finish. Yeah, there was a really common tale there where I found that people have really found, you know, I'm thinking even back to Justin Fields when I first interviewed him, although the interview ever never really came to think anything because I lost the recording. But when Justin had talked about doing 3D at Nomon, he kind of only done, I think, two semesters and then he had a, an offer straight away. So he just left. Probably, I think, also that was combined because um, school at Nomon was costing him so much money. So he was like, I'm just wanting to go and just start working in LA because it's so expensive to live here. Um, but then we just interviewed Alison Perry. And Alison also was, uh, she went back to Art Center and uh, she left just before she graduated because she had a job offer as well. So, um, yeah, I think in a way with the new generation of artists, school is almost, not becoming irrelevant, but it's definitely, there's a change in or a shift in the way that you see school now. Like you don't have to be so regimented, like you need to finish or you need to do so much. If, if you feel that you've got enough out of it or you know that you can take those skills and move into work, then you can can afford your own path now it's a, it's a lot easier than it used to be i think yeah i mean if you put in the time and effort it will really show in your portfolio uh school can only teach you so much but in your free time just practicing and trying out new things uh that's where you're really going to level up yeah definitely and then so you went into volation and then you were saying it was central one when you started there right like no no, no. central one came up many many moons I was ago. Say because, because you said that like i'm sure you said central one at one point i'm thinking that's an old game like i don't know how long you've been in the industry but yeah so was it was it three then you were in for like the uh it was uh central f- they were wrapping up central four dlc and starting on agents of mayhem when i started oh, working okay. there so right. i got in like pretty early in on agents of mayhem and wrote it all the way to the end till it shipped yeah before i left the company yeah yeah i was going to say because the the first time i think we probably had an interaction um you were telling me off because (laughs) i'd posted about uh like agents of mayhem (laughs) i know i'd I'd, I'd post funny story guys funny story about this let's talk about it so yeah i posted on facebook um because i was like i was still in the phase of like you know, halfway between consumer and artist. So like, you know, I wasn't quite in the industry yet, but I was still playing video games. And I'd say that I wasn't surprised basically that um, Agents of Mayhem hadn't done well because I felt like it kind of had stayed to the formula of Saints Row and the Saints Row at the end were kind of not doing so well. And I felt like they hadn't changed it enough um, that it was going to do great things or, or kind of pick the, the company back up. And then, of course, Lydia, being a former employee of the company, um, was not happy that I had posted that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so she, yeah. She, uh, she she gave me a telling and, and told me what for. So Oh, I love uh, that game. I think it was a hard time too, because actually that was right after I left Volition and I started working at Amazon. And uh, it, was, it was when Volition had some layoffs. And I yeah. think it was a hard time because uh, at the same time, there were layoffs happening at a lot of yeah. other studios. Uh, Telltale, Runic, a lot of other studios were yeah. having issues. Same with Visceral. So yeah. uh, it was not a yeah. good year. Yeah, because obviously then a lot of your friends who you would have made, or, or the friends you would have made when you were at the company would have been losing their jobs. So Yeah, it was really um, sad to see that. Yeah, of course. And then it's the same, of course, you know, I've, I've, over the years I've met a couple of guys I, I know, um, you know, we were talking about a couple of guys I know at Blizzard and of course, you know, luckily they weren't affected when the layoffs happened, but they did happen recently. And um, yeah, it's kind of a scary time, I think, in the industry because I think the whole uh, studio-based stuff is kind of shifting and people aren't as kind of, uh, know, that the, know that game jobs are ever really secure, but they're kind of, they're kind of becoming less secure. And of course, this is now why 
people are talking about games unionization and something that needs to happen because you know you need to protect workers and um i just recently watched a documentary that no clip put up about telltale and about the last couple of days and um there's conflicting stories even with that because a lot of the guys he interviewed would say yeah and telltale we were handled quite respectfully and we got time to take stuff out but then you'll find people online who haven't been officially interviewed will be like yeah we were told basically we had 30 minutes to leave the building we couldn't get access to any of our stuff we were all kicked out by security um so yeah there's there's definitely a an air of change in the industry and then of course you said you were at amazon were you there long before riot came a call in was that like further down the line or were you at amazon <laughs> for a couple of months or i uh i wasn't at amazon very long uh okay I'm super happy that they did hire me though i really loved the project that i worked on uh right. but it got canceled um shortly after i started working there so maybe like three to four months into working there so oh, wow. that that really that really hurt to see a project that i actually really enjoyed playing right so and and i didn't really even get to work on it for very long so that was that was three to four months in and then i stayed at amazon working remotely on some of their other projects uh up until the 10th or 11 month mark and then um before i left amazon uh a recruiter actually from riot reached out to me and uh i went through the interview process at riot pretty quickly so i was able to transition right in a riot right after i was laid off of amazon wow yeah so i mean i wouldn't say luck really but time and opportunity i've just kind of came along at the right time so i mean the decision to go to riot was that something that you were like super happy about or were you kind of like you know was Riot something that was always on your radar? Was it something you always wanted to do, was go work there? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been playing League of Legends since 2010, so a year after it came out. I'm wow. Super, super big MOBA fan. I play all the MOBAs, and uh, I always wanted to work at Riot. I applied there when I was trying to leave Volition before Amazon picked me up. Um, right. And I uh, wasn't quite ready for Riot after volition but after amazon i had had a better portfolio to get in <laughs> yeah well that's good well i mean i'm the same you know i've 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 never been really a huge league fan i mean i love i think it has the same aesthetic and art style i love about blizzard but then when it comes to mobas i've been more dota 2 like i've been on that side of the fence for yeah a long time yeah i'm, a, I'm an og dota. well i was an og warcraft player back in the day like in warcraft 3 for me was like one of like my childhood games and then when somebody had told me they were basically like somebody on Steam had modded um, parts of Warcraft 3 into was Defender of the Ancient back then. Um, and then it became this whole thing. So, and now obviously, like the International has just happened in LA, like it's just been happening. So, um, yeah, like Dota's spawned into this new life and now Valve and all the rights. And um, which is crazy to think now because that game was spawned out of a Blizzard property and now Valve are like, you know, insanely rich because of it, because it's like obviously like one of their best selling, no, their best selling games. Obviously, it's free, but the microtransactions they make, the money they make off that is, is you know, one of their other huge revenue in streams. Not that they need the money because yeah. they own Steam. Yeah. Because Steam, I mean, like Steam basically has lined Gabe's pockets forever. So, um, yeah, they don't need to make Half Life 3, guys. It's never going to happen. So. It's similar to um, the auto chess mod that got put in the Dota, and then now auto chess is now a new, think, a new yeah, genre. I've never really dived into auto chess and seen what me it's neither. all about. But then people keep telling me, like, because I've got an iPad Pro, they're like, oh, the, the, one of the Dota games is on the iPad. You should really play So I downloaded it, but I've never played it. But um, yeah, so anyway, so back to, to Riot. So <laughs> you were going to Riot. This was like, great, fantastic, going to love this job. Um, and then you came from, so where were you originally based before you moved to LA? Um, were you out on the East Coast? Yeah, well... I'm originally from the Detroit area, Detroit, Michigan, and uh, Volition was a few hours outside of Chicago in Illinois. And then, uh, so I was I was there for two and a half years, and then Amazon hired me, and I moved to Irvine. So Amazon was uh, right down the street from Blizzard, and okay. so I was there for a year, and now I'm in gigantic, hectic LA. Wow, yeah, that's got to be a 
Uh, definitely a scenery change for coming from Chicago and then Detroit and stuff like that. Although um, the only uh, experience I have, I think, in Detroit is watching Eight Mile. So like, oh, you know. yeah, <laughs> everyone, everyone says Eminem. Like, yeah, Eminem, and you're like, oh, Detroit. Yeah, I, I know the the rapper that came from there like 15, 20 years ago, and you're like, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah, anything yeah. else? No, I've ever visited the place. Um, so, so then you moved across to LA. So you're in there. You, how long have you been at right now? I think just over a year, right? Yeah, I'm going on a year and a half now. So if time time is just flying by, I can imagine. Yeah, and you are predominantly—I don't know if it's an announced or what—but you're predominantly working on league, or is it something else that you're working on? Or no, I'm not working on league. I'm working on uh, one of the R and D projects. So super okay, right. excited about that i wish i could awesome. talk about it but you can of course yes we know we know the, <laughs> the, the, code, of, the code of ethics that is a games artist's career so yeah, yeah. So same you go to a lot of events and a lot of um like industry workshops around the world and you always catch up with people and you're like oh what are you working on and like like i tell you like oh great what have you worked on that shipped <laughs> like because yeah everybody's when you ever catch up with them they're always like halfway through a project so they can never really talk about it or people who talk about it you can't then repeat stuff uh, outside the conversation. So it's always like, oh, I know this person's working on this thing. And then you'll hear it mentioned and you're like, I can't say anything about it. So, um, yeah, it's always the the inner circle of trust, as we call it. And there's always a, a thing where you can, can let fly a couple of secrets. But, yeah, the Imagine Riot, it's the same as Blizzard, will be um, super secretive about all the things they're working on. So, um, but, yeah, no, I, I know um, uh, Riot, I think the last time I saw them in the news had... Or, well, they had announced, or they had they let slip, or somebody had let slip that they were working on a fighting game. Um, I think based yeah. around yeah, stuff yeah, during that, Evo, they yeah, I heard that too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have also heard this rumor that has also been speculated on the internet. Yes, of yes, course. I have Just, yes, I agree. Yes. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, no, but like it's, it's the same a lot of projects, and then of course like the guys in Blizzard who work and stuff. You know, they work and stuff for years and years without ever talking about stuff. So it's always hard, I think, for them, especially when I uh, interviewed Mark Burnett um last year you know oh, he had yeah. talked about working on titan and then for years he couldn't talk about that and then eventually it was like oh god and then he came off that and then turned it in overwatch and he left it and then he worked on heroes of the storm um which he could talk about obviously and put stuff out that he'd worked on but yeah for years and years the guys i knew who worked on titan and they could oh, never announce anything yeah, yeah seven years or something like I yeah heard. I've always yes. been a little envious of, um, you know, people who get to work on MOBAs or like even League of Legends, you know, content is constantly coming out uh, in yeah. intervals and people can yeah. like show off their art that they've been working on periodically. Whereas uh, you're working on like a long project, like a like a single player game or anything, and you, you just yeah. have to keep quiet about it for years. Yeah, I could imagine. It's going to be yeah. really difficult because, I mean, you know, it's the same... Even for the short stint, I was at Axis in Glasgow. We were talking about it earlier. You know, the stuff I was working on, again, you know, I was coming home every day and people were like, oh, cool, what did you do today? And you're like, oh, I can't talk about it. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, yeah like, I mean, at the time, obviously, we, I was just saying, you know, we were working in League, we were working for the we were working on the trailer. Um, but, yeah, every time you were seeing that awesome stuff and you were coming home and be like, ah, yeah, we're working on something that's pretty awesome. But um, And then eventually the trailer comes out and you're like, oh, cool, I was there when they worked on this. But... Yeah, it's always, I think, difficult. And then, of course, you know, with R&D stuff, you know, it's it's always these things that it might come out, it might not. Because obviously, Amazon, you were saying the game got cancelled. So you're always kind of like, like you said, like, oh, great, I'm going to, oh, shit, it got cancelled. So, yeah, I think you were kind of lucky at the start of your career where, you know, agents shipped. So at least, you know, you had worked on something that had shipped. It was out there. People could see it. You could then obviously release art from it. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. The, well, the good thing about Breakaway at Amazon was we did release it in alpha, so I was able to, you know, post my art. It's always like a gray area when a game gets canceled, uh, but it was never released to the public. It's always like a gray area. Am I allowed to show what I worked on? Do I say that it was a canceled project? You know? Yeah, yeah, it's a very difficult thing I think for most artists because you always want to be like yeah I'm, I'm working on something and yeah i'm learning these tools and you know something's coming i really really want to show you but then you're always held back by ndas and, and stuff that can't be shown um which kind of sucks because then again you know you're making all this effort to put you know these great things on the screen and then you know sometimes they'll get shown sometimes they won't i think that's the only thing i found when i talked to some artists who worked at access was that it's great to work there but then sometimes because you're working for a third-party client like riot or somebody else 
um, there is always a, a more gray area where people will be like, we don't want you to show the stuff you've done. We don't want that to, you know, people to say, oh, I worked on this thing at a third-party studio. We would rather, you know, the guys that right were posting stuff. Because um, I think even it was one of the, the few things where, you know, a lot of the projects that Axis worked on that summer was there. Um, they didn't get to post, you know, or the artists didn't get to claim credit for stuff they'd done because it was for other companies. It was for third parties. So um, that's probably even more secretive than Ooh, most big companies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, being like a client or a vendor. Yeah, I feel like you have to be even more quiet about what you're working on. Basically, yeah. I mean, sometimes you'll get lucky. And um, I think, you know, recently, again, I've seen one of the guys I know there who was working on the, on the Gears 5 trailer. Um, they were quite happy being like, yeah, you can post stuff. You can you can see you worked on this. And then they got to be like, cool. And they actually got to put something in their portfolio. But then um, I know multiple projects they have worked on for huge clients. And then they've been like, no, you can't post anything. We don't Aww. want any. Say. So, That's yeah. so hard. <laughs> I know. It's definitely like a hit or miss. And it really sucks sometimes. But then I think, especially like you said with the vendor guys, you get the opportunity to work on really great things. But then the flip side of that, sometimes you won't get to post your stuff after the project because it is owned by another company or a third party so um so yeah it's 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 a it's a hit or miss like i think i even know like when they worked on the the mecca uh trailer for blizzard they didn't want uh stuff for that to come out like artist wise but then i think recently when they done the the heroes of the storm trailer we were just talking about like they got some of the guys got to post stuff they'd worked on for that so um it is definitely hit or miss so but then of course you've been there a year now at riot but then again you're in the same boat because the thing you're working on hasn't really officially been revealed so you're still in limbo with the stuff you can post the stuff you can't post so are you doing personal stuff alongside your right stuff as well to keep, yeah. You, yeah yeah i don't know if i'll ever stop doing personal work you know i've learned to keep quiet about what i'm working on because my first job agents of mayhem was a single player game i had to be quiet about it for two and a half years so that taught me uh to be good about you know keeping my mouth shut so i'm pretty good yeah. about it but now you know i hit a point where i'm like i kind of need something to fill that void you know i'm not getting the satisfaction of being able to talk or show what i'm working on so yeah. you kind of have to fill that void with personal work uh i try to i try to do like mentorships or teaching online classes so yeah. uh there's a lot of things i try to do yeah, because I got to say, I think the last thing I saw from you was the the Nordic axe you posted the yeah the, kind of, the weapon sculpt you done yeah yeah I've been really enjoying sculpting in my free time you know I I make uh, I make game art all day at work you know I'm doing UVs I'm you know I'm just like world building and when I get home like I'm not getting that zebrash itch out you know I wanna I wanna sculpt. And, right. you know, I post my sculpts sometimes and, and some people are like, oh, cool, make a game res, texture it. And, you know, sometimes I'm like, I just want to sculpt it and like render yeah. it really, really awesome and show it off. So I think there's definitely parts of the process in 3D that people like more than others. Like, I think we can all universally agree that UVN is probably one of the most boring things that oh, you will do. Retopo. Um, oh god oh. yeah that, i haven't i haven't even crossed that bridge yet that is like the next thing i'm probably going to have to learn but oh my god it just looks like the most monotonous thing on the planet but um but yeah i think it's just because the sculpting is the most creative part it's the most thing where you throw yourself in it and it's the most energy you give to that process but then after that like the stuff comes where you have to make it game ready you have to texture it but then yeah i think there's some points where you get to where you sculpt something you're like no i'm happy like where this is sitting I like this as it sits. I don't want to mess with it anymore. Um, and I think, when do you kind of make that decision when you sculpt something and you want to just leave it as is? Do you get to a point where you're like, <laughs> sculpting, sculpting, I know it's hard to really like put that into words, really, like how do you know when it's enough? But like, is there a point you get to where you're like, that's done, that's enough for me, I can then move on? I love that question because you're asking it to the biggest noodler ever. I could, I could... <laughs> keep sculpting on something and it'll, it'll never be done you know i look at the i look at my axe or you know and the rocks i've made anything i've sculpted i'm like oh i wish i could keep sculpting on that or i wish i fixed that little area but you know you have to like i i've learned to zoom out and you know look at the look at the big picture because yeah. a lot of times i zoom really far in and i'm sculpting the 
I'm sculpting the smallest cracks that you will never see unless I yeah. unless I give you like an eight K render. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely I think even with the, the axe you can see like the detail is just, you know, for the handle to the wood to the, the top kind of headpiece that's it's you know, put across. But yeah, there's just there's so much within there. And then that obviously is unusual because typically um unless it's a hero asset, a lot of that stuff would never you would never push that stuff that far because then trying to bring that back into game ready stuff would be harder because then you're pushing more detail so oh, yeah. yeah yeah a lot of that yeah. stuff's not even going to come through in the bake so if yeah. i were to have done the axe for for work for instance uh, i would not have put this much detail into it but since i yeah. knew it was just going to be a sculpt and i also yeah. wanted to use it to learn key shot and how to make materials in there you know i put a lot of detail into it for that yeah. reason yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, that I mean that came shortly after I think the pylon, which is the kind of same thing, but it was almost um, like it was so beautiful in its simplicity. I think it was just it was enough where it, I think especially with Keyshot because I've never really used Keyshot a lot, but then I think I th- I've never used it once. I really I really need to be using it more. But um, with that piece you had done, was there an element of overpainting that as well, or was that all just done like the pylon? Was that just through key shot and materials you had got that final effect oh that that was 100 percent key shot other than the the little god ray at the top i photoshopped that in the little light All right. ray. but yeah. other, other than that i, <laughs> I kind of wanted to make a you know there's a lot of key shot materials out there that people share or sell and they're mostly for characters because you see a lot of character artists rendering and Keisha or weapon artists, uh, mm-hmm. but you don't see a lot of like sculpty like environment artists doing stuff. So I wanted to make materials that you know kind of kind of like fit environment stuff and organic stuff. So I think I think my next endeavor is I'm gonna make like a tree or some wood and mm-hmm. uh, see how that looks in Keisha. Oh, cool, cool, yeah. And I noticed the it was based on a concept by. Um... Jose Vega, who's oh, yeah, the, I love yeah, art. yeah, so good. I mean, like it was funny because uh, I actually got to speak to a couple of the guys because I'd done like a it was a random environment. It was like a like a fantasy environment. I think I'd done at university. It was really old. Um, but a couple of the guys would be like, "Hey man, we're working on something. We're looking for environment artists. Do you want to apply?" I was like, "Oh hell yeah!" But like, um, and that it never. Obviously, I'm still here, so it never came to fruition. But um the, a lot of the guys over there are like super talented uh powerhouse and and jose yeah his stuff from castlevania is like oh my god it gives me life it's just oh, so beautiful so, so it is i love looking at his new stuff i actually find a lot of his uh i found this concept on his deviant art it was so old nice i love it again still really good so yeah no he's, he's definitely He's a master. I think the atmosphere he builds and a lot of stuff. It's just uh, crazy good. Um, but yeah, so so you've been doing. You know, you're working it right. You're doing this R and D stuff. You're also you were saying you're teaching. So is that through an academy or are you doing as a patron or anything that that kind of similarity to that kind of stuff? Or well, right now I'm working on some tutorials. Uh, I've been uh, I've been doing some tiling sculpts. Some people asked about how I do my tiling sculpts in ZBrush. Or I've had a few people ask me about Speed Tree because not many people do stylized stuff in Speed Tree. So yeah. uh, I did a lot of the foliage on Agents of Mayhem using Speed Tree, and it's all stylized. So mm-hmm. I do that. And um, I was doing mentorships at a university uh, for a year, and uh, that was that was pretty helpful for me. I felt like even I grew from doing that mentorship, just giving kids feedback and watching that yeah because you've got to teach or give feedback it does then reintegrate the basics back into your brain of the things you learned and then when you teach them almost cements them more in what you're doing so yeah i think teaching is definitely one of the maybe further down the line for more advanced artists yourself but then it does it does almost like you say base and build on your skills because you're having to re regurgitate that information you've already learned back into a, a form that people can understand it so um so yeah that probably is a really rewarding i mean i've done for the very little very little teaching i've done and i'm talking like i was teaching people like how to open maya and how to open zbrush and oh. like, the, like like the very basic stuff like yeah. this is a cube this is a square this is how you bevel something um but i enjoyed that process i really found that rewarding like teaching other people or passing on and 
watching them be like, oh, cool, I just I just built this look. And then you're like, oh, cool, that's really awesome. But like them getting excited about it then makes you excited about it. Um, so I think, yeah, it's, a, it's probably one of the, the best things I think artists can eventually do is, is teach because then it does, it is, I think it's just for me because I like, I like making other people happy. So I like yeah. seeing them get, get excited about the tools that I'm teaching them. And if I'm part of that process, then... It's a, it's a great honor for me so i'm assuming feel, it would have been the same for you guys yeah yeah i feel the i feel the same way i get a lot of gratification out of teaching and especially because i didn't really learn a lot of 3d in school it's kind of cool seeing game art schools and how they're set up and uh i feel like there's a lot of like a lot of students who go to game art schools, they have to do characters, environments, concepts, you know, right. and, yeah. and every time I do these mentorships or I'm teaching kids, uh, I'm always asking them, where do you want to work? What kind of art inspires you? Do you like environments? Do you like 3D? Do you like 2D? And, you know, you have to really break it down and, and find out what they're strong at and what they like doing. And I feel like a lot of game art schools, you know, aren't aren't telling students they need to pick a focus and a lot of students end up yeah. coming out of school being very generalist type portfolios I, I could not agree with you more that is exactly the experience i just graduated like 12 months ago probably to the day um it was back in july last year i graduated and yeah they will train people specifically usually to be generalists i mean the one thing i would say that was a saving grace in my fourth year was that we got to pick a specialization for our last end project. Um, and it was like, you could make it whatever you want. Unfortunately, I picked 2D concept because I was like, I really want to do this. But then that ended up just kind of blowing back my face because I'd done <laughs> a, a 3D environment, a really good 3D environment the previous year uh, and kind of got an A for it. And people were like really impressed with my stuff. But then I was like, no, but I really want to do 2D environment. That's what I left my job to I'll do. I really want to do that. And then it just ended up being shit. Um, but oh, like, I get that. <laughs> I yeah, wish I could I, do 2D. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, like, the original kind of, when I left my job years ago, I left because I got a lot of, when I used to collect video games, I got a lot of art books with the games, and then I would kind of, you know, I think the first major one I got was Skyrim, and I was like, yeah, like, you know, flicking through, yes, but flicking through the book, I was like, oh my god, I never knew people actually got to make art and do this as a job, um, and then I think I watched the God of War 3 uh, making of documentary, uh, coupled with the Halo 3 one as well. I was like, oh, cool, this could be a job. This could be something I could do. So that's when I left my job. But then um, I think the last five years for me, I've just been like so, me just wandering through a fog because I didn't, at the time when I left my job in 2012, there was not a lot of information online. Like, you know, ArtStation wasn't even a thing. CGMA was like just getting off the, you know, the ground. There was practically nothing there for people to learn. And like you said, it was maybe just YouTube and a couple other things. But then I think, the specialization part of me was really hard because there was so much to learn. I kept kind of jumping from one thing to the other um, and never really settled with something. Um, mostly because I was afraid if I picked the wrong thing and got really good at that, I'd get a job where it wasn't really relevant. But oh, obviously, yeah. years later, I'm learning that, you know, everybody has their place. If you're good at something and you're really good at, you know, one particular thing, you'll get, you'll get work anywhere because um, people are always looking for talented people in any field. It doesn't matter what you work in um so the uh, i think now the focus like i said to you is that i'm doing 3d specifically i'm doing zbrush hopefully do characters um full time but um but yeah i think it's just the element of sticking with something and sticking something for a long time which can be hard for us millennials because <laughs> yeah you know, like yeah trying to focus for you know a year two years or a couple of months even on one particular field is, is hard so here's a here's a question i'm going to pose to you is that how do you feel? It's kind of loaded, but how do you feel about art schools in general? Because um, oh. you have, you have a, yeah, you have a biased, obvious opinion because you really haven't went through the traditional system. But then you've probably seen both sides of it. Now you're teaching, so how do you feel about typical schools, and how do you feel they work into the industry now? Uh, I feel like. I think a lot of art schools are really good, especially if you want to learn the foundational stuff you know i think scad is a really good school or any of like those fine art schools are really good if you want to be really good at painting and learn stuff like that it's a tricky thing for me though because i'm not super familiar with the game art schools like nomon or digipen any of the big game art schools so 
I'm not super familiar with them, but from what I know, I, I just know that a, a lot of students aren't picking their focus. But uh, what is nice is I do see a lot of students getting jobs right outside of Nomon, and the student art, anytime they post that art, I'm just blown away. Even I'm just like, I don't, I don't think I could do that. So it's incredible what what some of the students are doing and what they're learning. But a lot of game art schools, I think, are doing a disservice to students and not not really guiding them in the right direction. Uh, one of my like worries is that, you know, a lot of teachers haven't actually worked in the industry, but did go through a game art school or they know 3D, so they're able to teach it, but they don't know how it actually works in the industry and uh, how important it is to actually like pick a focus and, you know, not be all over the place and uh, like keeping up with the new tech too. I would hope that the teachers are teaching substance painter and not teaching, you know, Hey, this is, uh, we're going to mud box. Yeah. Mud box. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to texture this just in Photoshop. Use yeah. no, no hate on do. I, <laughs> yeah. I just don't see many people using it anymore. No, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's always these things where you, you try to give advice online and, Sometimes you're always afraid about offending people, but like I think, yeah, if the tool is relevant in the industry, then you need to be like people obviously are. There's this whole resurgence of Blender, right? So this whole explosion that's oh, been yeah. happening recently about, and I think mostly because people are using it for industry stuff for 3D, but then Blender, I think, had the explosion because a lot of people are using it for concept. So that's where the explosion happened, but not particularly in making environment art. But then it is a valid tool. I totally understand that like the features that have now came out because obviously it's got popular again and they've been back making stuff for it. It is valid in a lot of respects and yes, you can sculpt in it, but then when you walk into a studio, their tool sets and pipelines are set up for specific programs, mostly a mix of Maya Max and ZBrush. So you kind of need your focus to be there because you want to integrate into a, a studio as, as seamlessly as possible. You don't want to really be causing them too much discourse. So um, where it's good to have a varied selection of programs to use, um, like you said, a game with focus, you need to have a various skill set that will be attractive to an employer. So you'll be like, yeah, man, I can use Maya, I can use Photoshop, I can use ZBrush. Like between those three programs, most people will be like, cool, you're hired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but those are just, a, that's just a small handful, you know. Oh, I, get, yeah. I get a little worried seeing some students learning Modo or, uh, you know, Fusion, or just messing around with these kind of programs. But yeah. if they want to work AAA, you know, a lot of students are like, ah, my dream job's Blizzard or Bethesda, you know, wherever. Um, those studios are using Max and Maya. And yeah. on top of that, you know, you're learning Substance Painter, Substance Designer, I don't know, mm -hmm. Speed Tree, X Normal. There's, there's so many Hello. programs you have to know as a 3D artist. Yeah, I think that's the only thing that <laughs> appealed to me when I was thinking about doing catchers because the scope of programs to use is a little shorter than a little like bit. Yeah. Than a little, compared to environment stuff where it's like you know the sky is almost the limit with stuff you can use there because um, there's so much now. Um, especially like I even see people. One of my friends, um, or well, guy interviewed Moses Saint Fleur. Um, oh yeah. Did, yeah. So Moses, he now does like all his retopo and ZBrush. Like he just doesn't even give a shit about doing. You know, I think he says mostly if he's doing studio stuff, but a lot of the stuff he does now for personal work is like he will just fire something in ZBrush and click the retopo and be like, cool, done, and then back out. Um, <laughs> because, because like the ZBrush retopo is like so powerful. Um, you know, it's gotten a lot better. I, I love asking artists like what they use to retopo or what they use to bake. I haven't met yeah. anyone who has the same set of like programs to do their whole workflow. Oh, yeah. Everyone has Every their own workflow. Totally. Yeah, I think it's just it's just a way where you find like the program you're most comfortable with, or something that you find was the most relevant to what you're doing. And you know, I'd even thought about as you using ZBrush for retopo because I know you could do it with characters, but like, yeah, like a hundred percent. Even going through his course he just recently released, like a lot of his stuff was just you know getting fired into um, into ZBrush to get retopo and then fired back out into into Maya or Max. Um, but then it makes sense, right? Because if you can fire an asset. Uh, that's kind of ready into ZBrush and retopo and back out, then it's, you know, like you said, the, re the retopo phase is something that will typically eat a lot of your time. Um, and take, and like, yeah, I think I even saw recently about, um, oh, I'm trying to remember the fucking name of it now, uh, uh, sculpting, <laughs> texturing, oh, shit. 
you can sculpt and texture on it and it uh, uh oh my god this is oh my god this it's is gonna not sound so 3D hard. Coat, huh? that's the one it's cool 3d coat that's yeah. where i retopo in see because then people were talking about like i think it was only like last week something was like have you seen the retopo tools in 3d coat and i hadn't even looked at them but then people were telling me that they're just as powerful as zbrush retopos but then i haven't used it so but then you have right so do you feel that it's on par with some of the stuff in zbrush or oh, i i I don't do any of my retop on ZBrush. You know, if I'm really lazy, I'll just decimate and call it a day. If it's like a rock, I'm not going to yeah. retopo a rock. But yeah, or 3D Coat has an option called Autopo. It's just an auto retopo option. But if you want to hand retopo in there, super nice. But uh, if you're a Maya user, you might as well just stick to, I think it's called Quadra. I'm not super yeah. familiar because I'm, I'm a Max user. Oh, okay, yeah, which is interesting as well because I've seen a lot of older school artists using, I say old school, but people who have maybe been in the yeah. show a bit longer typically would use Macs, um, but the new generation I've seen have always been using Maya. I've, have you found like one or the other or, have you, or did you just learn in Macs and that's how you've just came through? Or You know what, when I was in school, I was, I I had this dream of working at 343 because I really liked Halo and I watched that Halo documentary. You were well, mentioning you. earlier, and yeah. uh, I was like, "Oh, what are they using?" You know, I did my, I, I always do my research, and they were using Max, so that's why I picked that up. And right. Aramis 3D, that guy on YouTube, he taught a lot of Max videos, and the hard right. surface tools are really awesome in there. Which is funny because I'm not a hard surface artist anymore, but yeah. I still really love Max, and yeah. everyone I work with at Riot uses Maya, so I'm like the black sheep using that but <laughs> i've noticed that uh most studios most people on the west coast where i am now uh they're using maya and i'm just i just made the correlation that maybe the schools out here are just teaching maya and that's how it ended up that way um whereas i see I a lot of max users on the other side of the country yeah i think because the west coast maybe has been linked more to animation than these coast stuff they're purely games I think the West Coast guys took a lot of cues from a lot of animation studios at the time were using 3D stuff. And then probably initially, I think even Pixar, before they built their own stuff, their own tools, were initially using Maya. Um, so I think a lot of the initial 3D guys from that area would have probably taught or learned or done stuff in Maya. And then it's just trickled down through other studios or other schools. So, um, But then I think the thing that I never realized until recently, and, and I know students will never really understand, is that whether it's Max, Maya, ZBrush, whatever, the fundamental things that you will learn in those programs will be able to be carried to anything else. Um, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, because people will think, oh, if I learn, you know, if I learn Modo or I learn Blender or I learn whatever, <laughs> I can't then use the other program that comes out next week. I'm like, no, but if you know how to, you know, bevel and, you know, Boolean and retopo, like those things are universal through all 3d programs so oh, yeah yeah it's just yeah. a tool you can do the same thing in any program i see that yeah. a lot with students you know they see a really cool piece of art and they're like oh they made that in moto i have to learn moto and yeah or cinema 4d i see a lot of that too and you know you yeah, can do yeah. the same thing in max maya they're all the same it's just a tool and what matters is just like the result you get out of that tool you know yeah 100%. Like, even people I know who will be like, you know, oh, you don't let any learn Photoshop anymore. You can just learn, like, Paintbrush Sci or, yeah, um, or, 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 or Sketchbook or, you know, whatever. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Like, you totally can. But then you then have to integrate those tools and those workflows into another studio. So it's yeah. good to learn that Photoshop as a basis. And if you want to learn something in your spare time, then that's totally cool. But then, like you said, if you want to learn and work in the industry, then you need to make sure that you're at least familiar with those base programs before you do anything outside of that because then you know like people i know well you know concept guys picked up modo i think at the time because it was a lot easier to use in other programs and then i think they've even went to blender now because like grease pencils are things so you know people will draw literally draw things and and, and blender and it'll turn into 3d so again it's less time before making a concept into a final piece so a lot of these things are just picked because of the quickness of them so it's not always because they're the most efficient or they're the ones that industry will be using um, but then I think because a lot of people early on were getting really good effects in Blender for their concepts really quickly. That's why everybody took to it so quickly. Um, oh, yeah. 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 I, I feel like whatever is going to give you the quickest result, like 
working smarter, not harder. It's never been more true than in the game industry. So, <laughs> so what's the? I mean, quite interesting to work at that as well because that's kind of been a, a whole point of topic conversation just now. But what's your kind of like work life balance? Uh, at right, like, I mean, probably I'm assuming quite decent because we just talked about how you know you're working from home today before you go into the office, so they're quite flexible with your kind of coming and going. But, um, do you feel like you've got a good balance between your work and your outside life? Oh, absolutely. I, I have not had this good of work life balance at my last few studios, so mm-hmm. it, it's really awesome. I'm not crunching, they trust everyone enough to get their work done when they say they're going to get it done and hit their deadlines. So um, they don't ask you to crunch. They don't want you to crunch. Uh, So if you want to work from home, do it. If you get your work done, you know, come to the office, you know, some days, some days I'm there all day and uh, I, I just like, get all my work done and then the next day i'm not doing as much work or i'm playing yeah. a game of league or taking a long lunch but that's yeah that's the beauty of a studio that has you know like a open like an open yeah, work yeah. life you can go into work yeah. whenever you want yeah they have a faith in you that you know they've hired you for a reason they understand you know, you know what you're doing. You're not going to, you know, slack off or anything. So, yeah, I mean, and, you know, people listen to this. I know sometimes we'll be like, oh, you know, you know, Riot's like a playground and they have Nerf Wars and whatever. But, you know, these, <laughs> we do. these yeah, brilliant. But these places have an understanding that, yeah, there is this balance of you get a freedom, but then that that comes at a cost where you need to make sure that your work is done. You are finishing projects when your ADs are coming to you or your leads are coming to you. You need to make sure that you're like, here's my work, it's done, it's done at a good standard. Um, you know, it's a thing where I think, you know, people only see, I think especially I was definitely um, um, part of this whole thing where initially when I looked at a lot of the making of stuffs and, and you know, they were obviously doing a lot of stuff for camera where like, like you said, the Nerf Wars or guys going out and doing these amazing nights out and stuff like that. But then, yeah, that was all coming at the cost of, you know, crunch or people doing a lot of work. So um, it definitely is, when I say balance, you know, as much, playtime as you'll have there'll also be a lot of times like you said you're there all day working finishing off something for a deadline so um yeah you know i i actually really respect riot and that uh the culture you know sometimes i go on to work and i feel like i'm hanging out with all my friends all my all my coworkers are so awesome and uh, but at the same time i get to work on really cool art with them so yeah. You know, having a culture, you know, they they feed us at Riot. They want us to play games. You know, like it's it's fun at Riot and it it kind of makes me feel inspired to do good work there, you know, because they they kind of have this like environment where they trust me and they they respect me and I get my work done and we're all friends. It's fun, but we're also making an awesome thing together at the same time. So uh, I really love it. I'm having, I, I can't even think of a, another place that I'd want to work at, honestly, since I started at Riot. Well, that's good, man. I mean, like, I mean, definitely, I mean, I, I don't really want to go in it because it's your place to work, but then, you know, there has been things where people have talked about Riot, you know, uh, negatively over the last, you know, maybe 12 months, there's been things that have happened, you know, they had the walkout and stuff. So yeah. um, it's good to hear that, at least you, on a, on a sense, are enjoying where you are. Um, because, yeah, I think a lot of people have this vision that anybody who works at Riot and is female will automatically have a really bad time. But I think, like you said, there is, for you, definitely more positives than negatives there. Like, you are enjoying what you're doing. You are enjoying the work. You are enjoying the people you work with. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah the, the thing about all the stuff that's going on with Riot, I, uh, I feel like... You know, at any studio, any big studio, Riot is a few thousand people. Uh, It's huge. And it's Mm -hmm. like a small campus. There's a bunch of buildings. And the thing at any big studio is every team's going to have its own culture, its own type of, you know, balance. Every team that I've been on so far, Amazon, Volition, you know, even Riot, uh, been totally different groups of people. And that's because they hire based on the culture they want that team to have. And I'm super fortunate to be on a team at Riot that is, it just fits my personality and like the work I do. So I got really fortunate there. So, uh, but there's, but it's like a honeypot, you know, there's 
there's lots of cultures happening at Riot. So yeah, definitely. I think it's it's always going to be that you know no matter where you work, there will always be some part of it that won't be running as efficiently as it can. You know, I think even you know when they done a kind of a roundtable talk, a lot of the creative leads at different studios. You know, there was like Riot, there was the guys from Bungie, a couple other studios. You know, Bungie were saying that they were totally culpable. That people were obviously like Destiny, is such an awesome game. It would also be really awesome to work at Bungie, at Bungie. But then, you know, I listened to um, Jason Schreier's the is it. Uh, blood sweat and pixels and it was all about like he done a whole topic on like how they built the first destiny game and there was so much discourse in that studio there was so many falling outs and people leaving and people getting fired and people not agreeing and having to crunch all the time so um yeah there's always a darker part behind any studio that makes video games because um it is such a personal journey and there's so much of yourself goes into what you make so I think, yeah, there is definitely negative parts and we definitely should be addressing those because, of course, you know, everybody should be taken seriously if they have a grievance. But at the same time, it isn't always an overall reflection of the entire company. Because um, I mean, people have talked about the things that have happened at Riot, but I think the initial article that came out was about specifically their Dublin studio across here in Europe, yeah. so, which is a different animal to the LA studio. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely good and bad points, but at least it's good to hear that you know, as a female worker in the games industry, you know, it is an you know mostly positive experience for you in the studio. Yeah, yeah. My time in California as a whole, even at Amazon, has has been awesome so far. And I, I just I would probably stay in California forever. The people out here are really easygoing and chill. Nice. Yeah. yeah cool. no, I mean, it, it seems like a lovely place. I mean, I know. Um, you were talking about that, you know, I'm doing stuff with Raph just now, but Raph's obviously out in Santa Monica, he's in the studio there. Yeah. Um, and then I've been told as well, they have a really good work culture, they have a really good uh, studio over there, and then of course Blizzard's down the road from me, so again, they have a really good culture there apparently, they've got a really decent half-working uh, half work staff. So yeah, I think California has um, definitely got a lot of positives when it comes to technology and industry leading stuff, so um, if you're wanting to be kind of at the centre of what's happening for a lot of different stuff, then yeah, California is probably the place to be. Um, either that, or probably I would say maybe um, you know Montreal, uh, Toronto. Oh yeah, the, some data. they have big there as well. So. Yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. The only thing that sucks about California is the cost of living out here is oh, yeah. really high. Especially like, I come from the Midwest, so oh, yeah. like my rent over there, paying like three fifty for an apartment, and I come out here, I'm paying like three grand for an apartment. <sighs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, there was a uh, one of my friends, uh, Dennis Glasky. Like he uh, he works now at, at Ravensoft, so he's working on the Call of Duty franchise. But he originally was out there, I think, in California, working on some Battlefield stuff. And then I think he worked for Visceral for a while. He was doing some stuff on the cancelled Star Wars game that got made, oh, yeah. thirteen thirteen. Um, but then he was saying, yeah, the, the cost of living in LA, and then he's he's back out in um, oh God, I think it's Michigan. I think he's in now. Oh, wait, um, so I think it's Wisconsin. Yeah, something Similar, like that. Same thing. Yeah, 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 but then yeah, like he was saying, like he's still getting the same kind of wage he had at California, but then in a place where he doesn't have to spend that much money to live. And uh, oh yeah, yeah that's, he could yeah. buy but a it, giant house if he wanted oh, to. He has a giant house, Lydia. He has a giant house. Yeah, <laughs> that's the but one that, thing that yeah. I. Yeah, but that, that's that's. I mean, like even you know, Raf talked about it at one point. Was talking about how um like there's always rumors about the Call of Duty guys getting these crazy bonuses, and they're true. But like as one of the I think the few exceptions in the industry where you know the guys get like really well compensated for the work they do in Call of Duty. But then it's like such a massive franchise, right? It makes so much money. Oh um, yeah, Activision's doing super well with Call of Duty. The new one that's coming out looks incredible. What's well, the new Modern Warfare? Well, the the version of their Modern Warfare, right? I think it's the new Modern Military Shooter thing. I think they're doing. Yeah, and this weekend was like a free two v two weekend, so everyone oh. was playing this past weekend. Ah, okay. Uh, yeah, the last one I played was uh, Black Ops Four. Um, oh, me too. That. Yeah, bought that launch day. I've been playing that on and off. But then I never really got... The problem I think I've, I've found anyway with most um, PC gaming uh, the last couple of years, because I've moved to PC now, um, is that I really just need a good group of people to play a game with. Like, I would play anything on the PC as long as I had people to play it with, because um, a lot of these games are really cool, but then I've just not got the... Like, a lot of my friends are console players, right? So they don't have... 
there's no crossplay in PC yet. Like, I yep. mean, it's coming coming in waves, but like at this point, you know, most things are on consoles. So when I try to get a group of people together to have a game, I'm like, oh, I don't have a an Xbox or a PlayStation. I have a PC. Oh, so, I am totally in the same boat. I only PC game because I I just can't aim with a joystick very well. Like, oh shit yeah yeah i couldn't I'm going back from mouse and keyboard to joystick again is like so weird unless playing you know like a third person game oh, or something yeah, like, like that War yeah, yeah. Or something yeah. yeah 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 um but no no the, the first person stuff is all i've actually i think my current plays are um so mix between dota overwatch and uh rainbow six siege that's like my three kind of go-to's Nice. Siege more than anything because Siege is like, Siege is awesome. I really love Siege. I've got a couple of guys I know work at the Ubisoft studio, and it's a really great game. But like most online shooters, the 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 toxic community is like ridiculous. I just done a whole episode on this recently on the podcast about how I'm trying to cut myself away from more of that stuff because you just get like the worst type of people in those games sometimes. Oh, it's, it's always the shooting games too. I play. Yeah. I played Rainbow Six Siege and. Oh, Call of Duty and Counter Strike are are pretty yeah. bad, especially when I'm talking on comms. Oh like, God! <laughs> yeah, it was like last <laughs> night, and even I got you know I was getting destroyed by. Yeah. But that's but it's terrible, man. Because like I mean, even recently, I know one of my friends. She streams online. She streams uh siege specifically she just oh, streams no. siege yeah and <laughs> when she's on comms oh my god like don't even she's like don't even get me started on being a woman in this game like it is absolutely ridiculous like you know it's all the stupid typical comments like oh go back to the kitchen and everything she's like fuck off dude like i can and she the funny thing is she's so good at it because she's working for an esports team and then she'll be like uh she'll be getting like you know five and six kills around and then they're like oh fucking and she's like yeah you go beautiful girl ha so yeah and they think um, you're cheating or you know a lot yeah. of times people think i'm using a voice changer oh yeah so you'll sound like a girl so oh, okay yeah yes. yeah they don't think i'm actually a girl or i get i sound like a little boy which is fine <laughs> i'll roll with that yeah it's just that oh god yeah well that's let's not even talk about the game this year let's just talk about playing games as a girl like yeah that's just <laughs> A whole other can of worms so it's, yeah uh, that's a big one i play so many games too even like dota there's a lot of people toxic on the mic so oh my god dota's like i've been playing dota now since 2012 13 yeah and, oh my god man like some of the people on that are just like you know and it's it's it, it irks me more because though sometimes you know you'll do really well the last couple of games and you'll play that one game where like you're just terrible and it's mostly usually typically because your teammate or your team isn't working you know as a whole so whatever you're trying to set up isn't working because you know you're not getting the support you need so then if you do really shit they start off like oh you're terrible like i love to play ricky sometimes and ricky <laughs> thrives on like someone who can like tank and really take people down and then you jump in last minute for the kill um but then if you're trying to like take people on on your own you're not built to go one-on-one -on -one with people because you're an assassin so you know if i try to take people on and i die they're like oh you're fucking terrible you can't even and i'm like dude i'm like literally not getting any kills because you can't do anything but stand and watch me die so it's like oh yeah, i get that, that pain so much that's why i switched to support well i'm the same i try to uh, i think i've worked enchantress the last couple of games because oh she's my I, main oh nice oh, i love it love I, her I, I love her. I love her character, but her voice annoys me sometimes because it's like an <laughs> Irish voice or something like that. I don't even like Sprink. Sprink. Yeah, that's the, that's exactly what she does. Sprink all the time, and then she throws big spears at you and kills you in two seconds. But uh, oh, yeah, I, I think Ricky, Ricky and Sniper have been like my mains for years. But then Sniper's, I think, I've used less because he's more of a noob character. Like people will play Sniper just to get the feel for the game. Um, yeah, like you play him in the you play him in the tutorial, so it says a lot about what kind of character he is. But yeah. Um, or draw yeah, major. Got, oh yeah oh god yeah there's so many like i couldn't even i'm trying to think who have played the last couple of games apart from ricky and that i think the last one i played was uh phoenix phoenix's mother main um yeah he's a really good support so um yeah i love phoenix um oh, and you're giving me the itch to play dota man we should be playing dota yeah <laughs> we, so we just became we just became best friends anyway so we can add each other on steam after this that'll absolutely. be absolutely and overwatch yeah. Exactly, yeah. I mean, but the, the only thing is the, the time difference always kills you because it's the same when I try to game people in America. So I was like, "You want a game?" I'm like, "Oh man, I'm just going to bed." Like, oh <laughs> yeah, well, I yeah. Up. I'm going to work. Yeah, yeah. that's hard. Yeah. yeah, man. Anyway, we'll figure something out. I'm sure we'll get a game at one point. Like yeah. That. Um, but yeah, um, the only thing I need to say now is thank you very much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for giving me time to talk to me. It was awesome. Um, this is definitely one of the more fun episodes. I definitely felt it was more like a, a fun conversation than an interview. So. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was really fun. 
Yeah, man, really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, to all you guys, um, if you've got any questions or any comments, just leave them down below. I'm sure Lydia will get back to you, or you know, I'll leave our details below as well if you want to get in touch with her on Art Station. Um, and then, you know, just check out the rest of the episodes. We've got a lot more coming up. Um, and then, uh, if you have any suggestions for any future guests, just let me know in the comments. Again, I'll try and get back to you as soon as possible. Uh, and apart from that, just thanks to Lydia again for coming on, and I'll speak to you guys later. Thank you. Bye.